Yeah, man. Oh, yeah, you you said uh before the podcast, you were talking about something um that happened in the news. I forgot what it was about. It was, uh, you said you wanted to mention it. Um, Damn, dude, I can't, for, I can't remember. Yeah, I mean, hold on, I gotta remember, like, what the specific, it was about, like, a specific, what was happening in some country. Brazil? Maybe. maybe. Yeah, probably. Uh, fascism in Brazil, like, straight up fascism, like, straight up, like. Oh, yeah, I did see that John Oliver, um. Thing on that dude that yeah that dude is straight up like genocide <laughs> type fashion oh yeah you know what i mean we talk about inequality it's it's hard to ignore brazil brazil got like some super inequality and it's a huge country yeah so brazil has about the same population as the united states it's oh about see, three three hundred and something dude i had people. i did not know that that's interesting that's yeah. i did not know that with massive inequality massive poverty and massive violence too. Like Brazil is a quite violent place. Well, um, yeah, like we were talking about before, it, there seems to be a pretty, like, it, poor doesn't equal violence. It's inequality that equals violence, right? Or inequality that probably. Or, well, there tends to be violence where there's more. Probably inequality. corresponds with a lot correlates, of violence, yeah, right? Correlates, yeah, yeah. yeah I, don't, I don't say equal, yeah, but correlates. I think that's kind of true. Yeah, I mean, it, it just yeah, it just makes sense. Like, um. United States is a good example of that, where it's like, sure, the reason, even the poorest people here are rich in a lot of people in other countries, yet it's wildly more violent because the inequality is so great. There's so many billionaires and so many people living. Speaking of, whatever happened to being a millionaire? Like, is that right. not, is that Nobody not gives a good shit enough about anymore? Million, Nobody gives a fuck about millionaires anymore. <laughs> fuck a million, million dollars? That shit won't even last you two years, bro. It's like, you oh, about? you a millionaire? Oh, I'll okay. tell you what happened to it, fucking inflation. Right, that shit ain't worth. Trillionaires are the new billionaires. Right, who's a trillionaire now? Is there fucking uh, well, well the Saudis, but they're undocumented. Oh, <laughs> undocumented trillionaires. There's a lot of undocumented trillionaires. I you feel, might be right, you know like the mean? Prince of Brunei or whoever that dude is. Yeah, like if you look at the Forbes list, that's not even a real list. That's like that's all the shit we can see through taxes and shit. You know what I mean? There's a lot of shit that you can't see, like old money you know what i mean like if, if if your family owned um some shit and they passed the money down to you yeah. you don't have to report that right so we don't know how what your family has we just know what you made through your company so that's what we use like on the forbes list and shit you know that's the only public information that's true so people like in saudi we're fucking who knows how much money they have we just know it's endless <laughs> we just endless know a bugatti money. ain't shit to them <laughs> not at all man yeah damn if you ever go to like um like dubai and shit the type, dude, like, I mean, they just waste fucking money. Like, it's fucking ridiculous. Literally waste money. Like, like waste it. Like, the way that we see on rap videos and stuff, yeah. dudes throwing money in strip clubs. That's like, that's average people <laughs> doing that shit. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's like the average Dubai citizen. I saw a TV show. If, you, if you're not familiar with the Gulf states, Dubai and Saudi Arabia and Qatar, all the oil states, yeah. you feel me? Um... There is a there is a fascination or this thing of having vanity plates on your car, right? <laughs> right. So, not just your typical vanity plates. It's usually like a very small number, right? Mm-hmm. It's highly coveted to have uh, a license plate with 
the, f- the fewest amount of numbers, which means like, you know, it speaks to like how important you are, I guess. Yeah. So let's say, you know, if you're, if your license plate says like 23, you know, or it says 11, that means, oh man, damn, like this is a really important person. Yeah. As opposed to having... Oh, yeah, because... As opposed to having, like, seven, eight numbers on your license plate. So, it's basically, like, like um, once when, when somebody uses one, it's over with, right? So, so if you have a low number, and that means, oh, shit, this dude has to be, have super influence or something. Exactly. Did- and the, the better license plate that you have, the higher the price, or the, 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 the smaller number of the license plate... Yeah, corresponds with like the higher price. the price of because it because of the uh, the want for it. Supply exactly. Demand. So do you the think do you think like super rich people like uh, if somebody's like richer or more influential they can just bump somebody's license plate like take that shit from them and give it to me you know what I mean I want the number one plate. <laughs> you think they'll just muscle each other? <laughs> Probably right. Well, they don't. The thing is, is that they don't have. It's not like there. There's no like government body that is like. Oh, doing fair. the license plate. Oh, it's not like randomizing it and yeah, it's of course fair. that's what I'm saying. So that's it's like uh, there's yeah. no way that somebody is just gonna have a really highly coveted license plate number and not be like powerful. That's yeah, but that's what I'm happen. saying. But that's what I'm saying. I'm saying like like maybe somebody is powerful and he got that number, but then somebody more powerful wants that number. They might gangster them. Yeah, yeah they right. might they you might gangster I mean? them into it, but like it'll be a power struggle. He won't, he won't so sometimes to... it'll just be like I'll just pay the money. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like, if, what if it's like, yeah, it's like, uh, what if it's like, what if you know, because like it's like registration, right? So the next year it comes to register, like, nah, we're not registering that to you again. He's like, I'll pay whatever. It's like, nah, this guy who has he wanted more it. power, he wanted it, so right, it's nothing we can do. That could happen, yeah, but then that starts a war. You know what I'm saying? I mean, rich people don't that go dude to that war. got it. They go, they do proxy wars. Right, they'll send some they'll, people. They'll, 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 they'll hire. Buy, you know, they'll do like Django and have uh, Mandingo fights. They'll have they'll, like they'll two hire, black dudes fight each other. They'll hire a Nepalese uh, construction worker to go <laughs> kick his Lamborghini or something. Well, well what they do? What they do? You know, Indian. you know what they do? Without a passport, they buy soccer teams. Oh yeah, so okay. <laughs> so they'll still a player. They buy soccer teams. <laughs> they buy your Manchester cities, and they buy your your uh, Paris Saint Germain. Dude, British people and are then fucking they heated. Play each other. They hate that. There's nothing. There's nothing. Them those people hate more than a fucking Dubai prince buying their most coveted soccer team. <laughs> right. <laughs> like you know, uh, Noel Gallagher is fucking spinning in his grave. <laughs> no, no, listen. No, but, but he actually is enjoying the success. He's enjoying it. Yeah, that's true. Man City is not. Man City was never a right. highly coveted that's team. That's true. That's true. Man City was a was a mid table bum team. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Never won anything. Like the top four teams: Manchester United, Liverpool, okay, uh, Arsenal, and Man City. No, not in the top four. Originally, oh, oh you're talking about original. Oh, you're talking about like the original. The oh. original top four, maybe Tottenham number four. Um, maybe is um, Arsenal is for sure. Arsenal, Liverpool, Man Manchester, United. Man United. Now yeah, it's yeah, Ch- Chelsea is another one of those new ones, rich teams. But that one is Russian oil money. It's still oil money. You feel me? Like it's still it's still oligarch oil money. It's just different than the oil money in Man City and in yeah. PSG. You know, so. That that's what they do. When they have beef like that, what they'll do is they'll buy separate soccer teams. Like PSG is owned by Qatar. Okay. Man City is owned by uh Prince Mansour from 
Abu Dhabi. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's how they go at each other. Oh, oh, you, oh, you yeah. gonna, you gonna take my license plate number? I bet. I'm about to. I'm. I'm gonna put my soccer team out there, and we're just gonna crush you in the championship. Right. We're just gonna buy up all and, these. And players. I'm gonna have the bragging rights. And every time I see you, I'm gonna you know give tell you what the score is. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's how yeah. they do it. It's petty. <laughs> right. It is. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I mean, what else? Are, they're not gonna. They're not gonna fight. <laughs> they would never do that. So it's like, all right. Yeah. So they gotta use other means of being aggressive. Is bit. that where is that where passive aggressive comes from? Is that when you when you have so much. Um, money, um, and uh, you have all your needs met. Uh, that it's like you don't risk your safety because that's like you don't need to risk your safety, but you still have like aggressive tendencies. Is that where that comes from? Well, I think they have aggressive tendencies, and but they can't be the situation that they're in. Yeah, yeah, it's just whatever the circumstances are don't allow you to be overtly physically violent. Right, but it just seems that the more money you have or the the more yeah like the more money you have the more passive aggressive i I think it's more so i think it's more so people who like let's say someone who is you know may not be physically threatening yeah would have to rely on being passive aggressive true yeah you're right yeah okay that makes and then somebody who maybe is rich and is in like a powerful political position also because of the circumstances wouldn't be able to just go and hit somebody that they are right, yeah, that yeah. also has political power upside the head. Right. They would then have to resort to passive aggressive means like buying a soccer team, <laughs> you know right. what I'm saying? Okay. And have them beat their soccer team. So that's kind of how it works. But like uh back to the license plate thing, I was I was watching a show when I was in Bahrain, right? Bahrain, another uh one of these Gulf countries not necessarily like uh Dubai and all those. It's not it's not a new rich country, right? Bahrain is quite interesting. It's got its own, you know, its own history. It's a it's a little bit more organic. You know, Dubai and Qatar and all those, they just appeared out of the desert like they, you know, from oil money and gas money. They Bahrain has been around for a very very long time as like a port for, you know, the Persians and all of that. Yeah, but, um, they kind of fly under the radar. They do, yeah. But it's an interesting place. They're, they're more hospitable. That's We'll talk about that later. But uh, I was watching a show, and there was this young seven-year-old um, bidding on a license plate on a TV show, like a like a bidding show, you know, where they you know ran they they run down the the price kind of quick, you know, one twenty two, one twenty three. Sold for whatever, right? Uh, this kid put up, man, I want to say a million dollars and some change on a license plate. Damn, number. man. He How? Was, he was seven years old. Seven dollars? Seven, what? Seven years old? He was seven years old. What the? F- man, what he the He can't hell? even drive. That's crazy, and he, bro. And he was able to spend seven, or he, he was able to spend a million dollars on... A license plate, bro. Okay. That's how, that's how you know, man. Uh, poor people got to be good human beings, bro. I don't know, how, you know what I mean? They got to be because I don't know how, how them type of people ain't dead. If I'm hungry and this seven oh, year old is buying a million I'll, dollar I'll license eat. plate, I'll eat. I'll eat him. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, okay. how could you not? How could you not? <laughs> I wouldn't like, just rob him. Not, right? I wouldn't just rob him. I would actually eat him. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Like, how could you not? Like, these these fools got slaves, bro. Like, and and it's just like it's like they're so timid. 
that like yeah man they're so they're so like hard working and just like goodwilled people that they do will do whatever for their family to eat so they'll uh, all right i just gotta buckle down and do this hot construction in the fucking worst climate ever have my passport taken away because like they do have slaves over there and they then do. all and just, those just countries are just, slave countries and modern just, day slavery exists right i've seen it yeah and and just and those people just all they want to do is just send some money back you know what i mean right it's like they've sacrificed themselves for their for their family i think it's a it's an understanding that there's more in the universe yeah exactly that like if you do the right thing there's I guess. more in existence right than just the material that we have here there's a limit to the material that we have here, but there's the universe and, and, and the wholeness of existence is just so infinite that all the, the little shit that we have here, these little knickknacks, are really nothing. They're really not worth anything, you know? Um, so their incentive for continuing is something that is intangible. Yeah. Right, exactly. It's got to be. It's got to be. Because, like I said, how how do you not just fucking kill every rich person? You know what I mean? Or that's what I'm saying. Like it has to be like something. That's what I'm saying. Like, it, like that's why. Like, if if it's purely material, the world is a different place. Like, as far as how people react to whatever. Right. Like, if million, if, like if I know that I'm. I'm hungry, my family's hungry, and this seven-year-old is spending a million dollars on license plate, and he can't fight, <laughs> and his dad can't, can't fight. fight. <laughs> you know what I mean? Get out of here, bro. <laughs> and you ain't got hands, bro. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> when he's walking up to pay that million dollars. They are dollars. all food. They are all food. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Goodness. Like, I don't get it. You know what I mean? Hell, yeah. Yeah, they, they, got, they have to be. They're better people than myself. Yeah, that's it. Exactly. exactly. They're better it. people than myself because I would lose my mind pretty I would, quick. Exactly. Real quick. Like, real quick. If I'm, like, starving. If I'm hungry? Oh, boy. Man. Bro, it's, it's crazy, man. There is something to it, man. When you're hungry, like, your whole mindset changes. Like, you become, like, almost a colder person. Like, and, it's, and it makes sense. I mean, I guess it's kind of like survival of the fittest. Like, when you're hungry, you kind of have to... Like, uh, like, you can't think about the well-being of society. Like, man, I need some fucking food. All that <laughs> philosophical thinking and yeah, you know, all that all shit that goes, out, goes the out, window, the door. out the window. Out the window, not even through the door. <laughs> <laughs> out. <laughs> I'm robbing. I'm you know stealing food from Harris Theater, whatever, man. I'm right. I'm eating. I'm surprised that, like you said, like yo, man, rich people have security. But they ain't got enough security. Yeah, that's not nearly enough, considering how many fucking poor people it is. The only thing keeping it back is just like that. Some people just happen to be good people. (laughs) I don't understand like the the, a lot of a lot of crime is is crime associated with poverty and people. You know, whether it's like selling drugs, it's all like economic crime. You feel me? Most of it, bro. Yeah, man. Come on. It's prostitution. It's It's, it's got it's got money money around. Money, money. Yeah, you need to eat. Most of it is money related. So these organized these organizations that make money, these criminal organizations, like, why isn't there a criminal organization just going around robbing rich people? Um. Because they 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 have something in place to protect them from that. They they're aware of that, right? So 
And it's actually happening more and more often, man. Like, if you hear stories about, like, these hackers and shit just stealing fucking, ooh, from... That's a good point. I love that shit. Bro. Like, I, I think they stole, like, like huge sums of money from some bank or some shit. Yeah, like, from... No, it was some uh, account... Was it the debt relief joint? Nah, I, I remember it was, like, some, like, um, some organization of hackers had this elaborate shit where they stole from, like, I want to say, like, $80 million from, like, an account using, like, a whole bunch of wire transfers on, like, a weekend because the banks were closed. Like, they had set it up, like, so perfectly. And then they ended up getting away with it, I think. Um, they I don't think they've caught anybody yet, but the money was out. Like, because, like, they have, like, a whole bunch of things in place to where when they send the money, it's, like, if if it's, like, a big transfer, they have to, like, check up on, on like, uh, they have to call the bank and verify the transactions and stuff. So, basically, they just happened to do it at the right time to where when they sent it, like, in order to verify it had to be like a weekend wait, like so they had to call on Monday to verify. Mm-hmm. And by then it was too late, yeah. And they had got away. I I have to go back and look it up. I, I'm uh, I can't remember, but I know it was like huge sums of money. Like so now with 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 like hacking, it's now kind of opened the doors again. And now that's why they're kind of worried about it, right? Like you can now like honestly, one of the biggest thing crimes that like that police really can't um, almost can't do anything about credit is card credit fraud. card fraud exactly that's why every in every hood in america this dude's balling on other people's credit cards and there's hardly anything they can do about it because it happens so much that you can't really investigate it um like if you steal a couple thousand three thousand here and there they probably don't they, even have they the just they count it as a loss that's it that's the only thing they can do and so a lot of people um a lot of people do that and 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 I guess they're trying to figure it out. But as of now, they're counting a lot of it just as a loss. Right. Yeah. But back to that kid. So the lady asked him, what are you going to do with this license plate? Yeah. Right? You spent a million dollars on this license plate. This is a seven-year-old kid. Can't drive. Think about what you knew about the world at seven years old. Dude. <laughs> I okay? can't even fathom that shit, bro. She, he said... I remember being he said, uh, in Arabic, the way he said it was so goofy. It, like, it was obviously a child mimicking someone who he heard speak, right? So he was like, ooh, investing, right? Apparently. What are you going to do? <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> Apparently. Going to do some investing, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> <laughs> he said investing he's gonna invest the license plate yeah, what's going invest the license plate <laughs> <laughs> hey it might be a good investment if you talk about how people are coveting these fucking spots give it a couple years if people get some money they go what that's that 20 true. second license be you better have kid. that joint and smart kid you gotta lock that joint up don't even put it on a car <laughs> right but I guess it's like the rights to that number you feel me like you know you could print out more you just have the rights to the number the, the license plate number itself, so. But, yeah, I mean, like, humans are so, like, they adapt, man, because, like, really, we could live on so little, but if you have a lot, then you get used to it. Like, because I remember being, like, seven years old, and I remember one Christmas, literally, all I got was, uh, <laughs> you know, you know, like, them little uh, pencil cases where you, uh, like, like when you were, like, elementary school, where you put pencils and erasers and it'd be separated, like, you could put all your school supplies in, like, this little box. Oh, the plastic joints? Yeah. yeah so, I I, joints. I, so, for Christmas, I got a box of that filled with candy, bro. That's it. But I fucking love that shit. I was like, yo, this is the best present I ever got. Because, yeah. like, because we're Muslim, so we don't really celebrate Christmas. So I was like, all right, we'll get you something. You know what I mean? But, I mean, 
I'm seven years old. I get that, and I'm excited. Like that's that's right. what I get. I'm eating candy. I'm loving it. So to get a million dollar license plate, right. uh, yeah, at seven, at seven, you're kind of setting that kid up for failure. To go invest, <laughs> that kid is gonna want a ten million dollar uh, Bugatti when he's sixteen, that, that, and then after that, he's gonna want a hundred dollar ma- million mansion when he's twenty two, and he's gonna do what whatever to get it. Right, yeah, that's part of it, and then the other part is, uh, the world for that child is so, like, sheltered, sheltered and safe. Yeah, that child probably doesn't know what it's like to wash his own clothes. Right, doesn't know what it's like to clean their own room. Right, doesn't know, just day to day stuff. How you know how to do things in your life? How to wash the dishes? Not that. It's a yeah, a child, but a child grows up and you learn things. But this child probably has a whole army of people that take care of every want and need that he has, right? So he and and because he's never experienced, really doesn't shit. have to experience those those things. It never becomes a consideration, even you know what I mean. It never becomes a consideration like, oh look, this building just got built in the center of Qatar. Right. Yeah. Uh, how the hell did it get built? Could it possibly be slaves? The, the, <laughs> the buses and buses of slave labor that we sh- ship here from like South Asia mainly. Yeah. Right? Bangladesh and India, Pakistan. Right. Yeah, that makes uh, a lot of sense. Yeah. And what happens to all of these people at the end of the day? Because I don't see them around me. Mm-hmm. So how do these buildings get built? But by who? By this workforce that just comes and disappears. Appears and disappears, right? Yeah. And how about I investigate and, you know, like that sort of thing, right? Like having that inquisitive, I'm sure that, I'm sure that's a natural trait. I'm not saying that they, that those questions don't come up. No, I think, I think you're right. But I think some people do battle with it and some people are blissfully ignorant. Yeah. Um, I mean, people are different, but like, yeah, you're right. Like some people, some people, it's hard for people to, to jump outside themselves. It's basically, they see everyone as, as a reflection of themselves. Right, so it's like, oh, those people just go back to their mansions with their maids. <laughs> you know what I mean? My maid has a maid. <laughs> I mean, as you get older, obviously it becomes a little more nuanced. But as a seven-year-old, that's probably definitely what he thinks. It's like, oh yeah, everybody has a mansion. Everybody has a maid. My maid has a maid. <laughs> when she goes home, she gets a maid. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, you're right. Like if you and 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 because of that, you don't build character, right? Because you're not you you don't have like you don't have to build character to get what you want out the world you have kind of like a a mind like because like in order to to if, if you don't have like the resources in order to get something you want out the world and to actually get it you have to have like some kind of character to do it right yeah so, i agree you know yeah. what i mean if you want to build something you have to have the, the hard work and discipline and all these character build or character traits that have to be built up to get to get it so that's how you know people end up doing some great things from nothing. You know what I mean? Like that success story, like the come from nothing story. Right. Those are people of character. But then, but then, yeah, like they have kids and their kids have everything kind of handed to them. Becomes and, a generational thing. But it, but it doesn't, it's like, when you really sit down and think about it, it's not even like, it's not even like an egregious thing. It's almost like, oh, I want my kid to have a better life than I had. But at the same time, you sacrifice a you lot of lessons. You kind of also want your Less to be a better learned. person, right? I th- I feel like yeah, like rappers talk about this a lot, like um, or just like black pe- black entertainers who become successful. It's like oh yeah, man, um, my kid, he's definitely 
he's got he's got a better come up than me, but he's also soft. You know what I mean? Like my kid is soft, and I don't want him to be soft, but I we do have money, so it's like it's kind of like that balance of like I had to go through all this shit and that built some character. Um, but in a way to have make sure my kids have a better life, but at the same time, it's like do I want to sacrifice that struggle that I went through for my kid? Yeah, that's a question. I mean, you got to think about. I think for kids. Also, children. The character building is not necessarily like a thing that is. It's not like bitter medicine. Like children, a lot of times, I think want character building experiences. Yeah, knowing myself just from my own Me experience too. as a as a kid, like us growing up here in America, but yet our families and our extended families are from very rural parts of Africa. Right. Right. And going back home and visiting. Yeah. And, you know, like this is this is the joke that everybody would always kind of like bring up to me. Right. When I when I go back home. Yeah. They would say like, uh, you know, Ahmed, you know, like, you know, he's a like this American kid. Yeah. I'm, uh, I get that too. Like, but he, he's just he in their mind. You know, Americans are privileged, of course, mm-hmm. but not and not in a resentful way. But. They look at you kind of like royalty a little bit, right? Yeah, because they yeah they they feel like you're used to and certain they project, comforts. Well, they project kind of their own fantasies about a, an easier, more luxurious life right. onto you. Yeah, true. And that. then it confuses them when you, as a kid, right, uh, understand some of the character building experiences that they have had, but that you have not, and then that you come back home. And you want to experience this stuff. Example, uh, my parent, my mom's family, you know, uh, her brothers and sisters, her dad, all of them, right? Uh, their main source of income is cattle. Mm-hmm. Okay? So they're cattle people. You know, my uncles are, uh, they got they got cows. They're good old boys. Yeah. They're con- listen, <laughs> they're man. Americans. Country. Listen. <laughs> for real, for real. Like, right? They're, they're red they're, state they're Americans. Americans. They're yeah. really what that is, yeah. Right. Horses. And <laughs> yeah. Horses. And, like, they're, you know, cows, yeah, country, horses, man. donkeys. They even had dogs, which is uncommon for yeah, 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 for sure, Sudanese for sure. people. Um, and what they do is they sell the milk, okay? It's all yeah. it's all hard hand handwork. Okay, mm-hmm. feeding the feeding the cattle, riding the horses, following the cattle down to the river, that type of shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Country yeah. ass shit. So for me, I was fascinated by all of that, and I thought that that's like that that same sort of like childhood fascination with like um, maybe like firemen and policemen and all that. It's like cowboys, kind of. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I wanted to be. I wanted to do that stuff too. You know, I want to be uh, going and, going and working with the cattle and all that. Right. So yeah. what I used to do is anytime anybody wanted to find me, I would be with them at their like kind of ranch-ish area or barnyard where all the animals are and you could catch me feeding the feeding the cows, you know what I mean, or with my uncle uh milking the cows or feeding the horses. Yeah. Right? Doing doing farm work. Yeah. Stuff that is hard to do. Yeah, for sure. Day to day and it's physically taxing. Like if you shake their hands, it's like callous. Bro, for not yeah, they they've got callous hands, strong grip from just working but with their hands all day. Yeah. And their hands are fucking huge too. Yeah. Because of that. Right? Yeah, true. So those character building experiences were were uh 
fascinating and enjoyable. Yeah. Like really, really kind of satisfying. There is something satisfying about a hard day's work, bro. It is. There is something satisfying about. It's just like you know how like when you work, like you know how when you're like at home all day and you only do nothing. Kind of throughout the day, you're kind of more restless and bored. Um, even like when you're watching TV, it's like not as interesting. You're flipping, but after you come home from like a good hard day of work, everything is like, oh man, there's not enough shit to watch. There's not enough shit to enjoy before you go back to work the next day or whatever. And um, and like working just keeps your mind like at ease, sharp. Not even just sharp, but it keeps you from like. Falling into those depressive states. Yeah, think, like yeah. where you like talking, like where you where your mind kind of like starts to chatter. You know what I mean? And so when you're working, you're not really thinking about all that extra shit. You're just thinking about the task that you're doing. Yeah, whatever that is. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's it's like living in the moment. Yeah, exactly. That's what it does. It's it like brings of, you to the moment. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like the effect of. I think prayer has that same kind of effect. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's a little harder to do it through prayer than it is or, just through good work, like hard yeah. work. But still, yeah. I mean, or meditation. Yeah. Like, But it's definitely a way to do if, it. If we think about like um, monks, like those yeah. like Shaolin monks or whatever, you know, the stereotype, the stereotype that we know of, like, you know, right. Buddhist monks and whatnot. Um, the sort of exercises that they do, the Kung Fu. Yeah. I think all of that is more to do with like, being uh living in the moment than it is about like just like fighting or some shit you know what i mean yeah exactly yeah that's like, their whole like, like that thing like a practice that practice is more so to do with actually being in that moment yeah rather right. than letting your mind swing back and forth from past from to present the past you know worrying about past the past you know regretting the p- regrets of the past and worrying about the future and right. swinging back and forth right and all you know, instead of doing that, just focusing just on that moment that you're in, because that's really what matters. Right. Because really, you can't affect, you can't really the future. You can't do anything about what happened, and you really don't know what's going to happen in the future. A meteorite could just fly right. through the fucking uh, atmosphere and hit you, and you're and you're dead. And see, so, that's kind of what um, that's kind of where I, I I do like exactly like, but that's why I I believe in karma. But like karma is only like. Just like the energy that you put out, you're gonna get back. So if you put out negative energy, you're gonna get negative. But at the same time, like you still, even with karma, you don't know what that karma is gonna be, right? But at the same time, if you're in the present, you can make sure to make the decisions to make sure your karma is good. Because if you're thinking about the future, it's a lot harder to think about the decision you're making now and how, like, you know what I mean? Like, um, you're not thinking about what the is the decision I'm making right now the right to deci- right decision? And like I feel like every decision kind of you have to do that. I feel you know what I mean. Right. I feel like you can like you always come to a road where there's two decisions: either I do it or I don't, or or I do this or I don't do it, or I do this or I do that. All right. And and staying in the moment is just being able to make sure that you're making those decisions, the right decision consistently. And you do that by sticking by True. thinking about those decisions in the present moment and not what it'll do in the future or what it'll do. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like yeah, that does make sense. Like just being, I guess, developing a, like like you said, like being cons- consistent. Um, the way I guess it would work is being consistent with that kind of like behavior to where you don't get to that fork in the road and not know which path to take. 
Yeah, no, because but that's what I'm saying. There's forks like almost every day. You have almost a fork, every day, but exactly. yeah, you get a bigger. But because one. you're consistent, you get to a bigger one. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's not it's not hard or you you're, you come. It's like it's like pretty much this way. Like the, the decisions are usually your impulse versus your conscious decision to do something. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that for me at least. So like, whatever like the impulse is, um, the easiest thing to do is just to do the impulse. Right. And that's the usually not hundred times out of ten, nine times out of ten, the wrong decision. I guess it depends on you what you like the decisions you made in the past. But for me, it's usually the wrong decision. So you, I have to consciously make sure to make the right decision. And so I have to stay in a moment to do that, or else it's just going to be an impulse. If I'm not thinking about what I'm doing at the moment, right. I'm just going to do the impulse. And I feel like you have to build yourself up to a point. Where since you've so much, you've consciously made the right decision so many times that it becomes unconscious. And then you can do more, I feel like, with your mind. You know what I mean? So that you can make the right decision unconsciously. So now the right decision is the impulse. Right. Okay, yeah. True. Right? Because yeah. I can feel like, it's like sometimes when I'm not thinking about something or I'm kind of thinking like differently, I, I, I'll tend to make the wrong decision um, and then reflect back on, oh, oh, shit, I made the wrong decision there. So that's why this happened to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, but like, but I can definitely tell like, oh, when, when, when something is drawing me to do something, I have to like really kind of stop myself like, all right, and try really hard to not do if it's wrong or whatever, you know, like whatever the impulse is to be selfish, to be greedy, to be, um, you know, whatever, to, to eat the junk food, like to go get the big bucket of ice cream or to, uh, whatever, man. Yeah. Whatever it, it is. I mean... That makes sense. That, that makes sense. It's like it's almost like you're allocating energy to more pertinent endeavors uh, by being consistent enough to where the the wrong decision that you're kind of you know commonly um, running into, you make the right decision just off of uh, a, a pattern that you've created. Right. So that way you can just move on to the next more pertinent, important right. thing. Right. Exactly. Right. So, so you don't sit there just kind of stuck, always like, you know, yeah, trying in to a deal loop. in this loop. Yeah. And that's why that's why I say like awareness is so important. Like, you know, like awareness, like the first step is always awareness to be aware that you're making this wrong decision. Mindfulness. Yeah. Right. So it's like, um, I feel like if you're mindful that you're doing the wrong thing, then that's already like you're you're pretty much in a, in a, in a at least a good direction. But yeah man like it's it's that like it's like it's hard it's hard but it's hard to do to be conscious of your decisions like when when you're so focused on like your career your family and you're right you're right you know what i mean you know, and, and it's you're, like being entertained you're watching a movie and, and 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 like in america i feel like it's it's even harder because like there's so many ways to fall into like so many different rabbit holes man there's the gambling there's the Mm-hmm. The lust or like the uh, you know the sex rabbit hole, and then there's like the drugs, and then there's yeah all types of all shit, kinds huh? of addictions. There's all types of shit you could fall into, right? Yeah, and the culture kind of especially promotes that in as America. Well. Like yeah, I feel like um yeah, it does. It promotes it, right. So but yeah, it's, and so it's so I hard like, to do the right thing in an in an office setting. I'm I, every time like I look around at some of the people when. Like sometimes I feel like I'm the weird one. Like I'm the I'm I the always, one that's, I always feel like I'm kind of the uh, the odd one. I always feel like that. But I feel, I feel like, like everybody. But then does I realize, of. like, um, like some people, for example, like won't make eye contact. Right. Yeah. 
I mean, who know, who knows what's what's up with them? But I always question, like, who in this office is on some kind of like, uh, psychoactive like medication of some kind? You know what I'm saying? Oh, I'm sure. Whether a lot. yeah, or I'm medicine, sure drugs, whatever. You know what I mean? Who in here is on some influence? Because this state of being is unnatural, and this office environment. You know what I mean? The state of being in this like enclosed area. All day long, uh, inside of unnatural lighting, okay? Um, a lot of times, you know, if you don't have, like, proper, like, windows and stuff, getting actual sunlight coming into, coming into your place, it's just, like, it's an unnatural state of being for human beings. Yeah. And in order to cope with it, uh, a lot of people are on a lot of different things, um, you know, including you know including like prayer including like everybody yeah, you, everybody needs something like it's not to you do right everybody needs honestly something. for me but in america though yeah i always wonder like how many of these people like if you Dude, go into their bathroom and you open up like the uh, uh the mirror you know like their their medicine cabinet behind the mirror how much fucking medication is like how many rows of medication are behind that yeah i mean i mean like for me like uh when i was in like I guess the end of high school, early college, I was prescribed Adderall. Right. And um I like I mean like and at that point I was like pretty trusting of like I guess like doctors. I mean, and, how could you not be? You right. just like assume that they had your best interest at heart. Right. So I mean I started taking it and it worked like man, I mean it works like a motherfucker as far as being productive, especially doing some shit that you probably don't want to do. And but at the same time I feel like it kind of it does like fuck it makes you like a psychopath almost like it it, it kind of kills because it makes you so productive it kind of kills a little bit of the emotional you know what I mean so in exchange for you because like everything got a trade off right there's always a price you got to pay so like that it like that like that like in exchange for being super productive getting you know doing everything right I mean you could do whatever you could write papers fucking get straight A's and shit, but you, you get, like, this emotional thing. You become emotionally numb, so... Yeah, so I feel it, like a it, lot that of got, those... It got to a point where, like, I cannot take... I cannot fuck with that a shit. A lot of those no drugs... And I've tried Adderall. Yeah. Right? And it's, I've like, only, it's a super I never drug. I never tried Adderall. I've been offered it many times, like, in colleges especially. Oh, all yeah. through All through my college years, I didn't rely on any of that shit. You know what I mean? I didn't. I don't rely on on medication in general. I don't even like taking headache medic medication. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Sometimes I'll just like ride with a headache until it goes away. Mm-hmm. But if it gets so bad, uh, my point being, um, with like Adderall and some of these prescribed psychoactive drugs, when I see some of these people and how they behave in yeah. a corporate structure, like. Sometimes I'll be sitting there and my mind is screaming at me that this is fucking weird. Like, like sitting in an, in an office setting, uh, in a, in a meeting or in a conference with people. Yeah. And everybody in this place is using the same corporate lingo. (laughs) Right. Scale. Right. Fucking how many verticals can we put this in a vertical to make it scale? We synergize. Can we synergize the verticals to scale? Like my mind is that is telling me that, and I have to sit here and just be completely because because like I said, knowing what Adderall does, it does that it puts you in that state, but you remove the emotional part. So you, if you having the emotional shit, like yo, all these fucking emotionless words that don't mean shit, 
you feel that because you don't feel shit coming. Like the words just are like fucking bullshit words. Dude, just feel, uh, they're I place took, fillers. I took Adderall to do one of those conferences. Yeah. Because it was an It made sense. Like, oh, shit. No, it didn't. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it made me angry. That's all oh, it did. did? Oh, really? I don't know what, I don't know why, but Adderall just makes me angry. Does it? Yes. That's weird. It makes me fucking angry. Like, it, it, it's like a shot of a really powerful coffee, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, super powerful, yeah. Kept me up, but then as time went on, Oh you know, yeah, I was in a, I was like in a ten hour joint, right? I was already exhausted. I was probably would have probably wore out. It was, or the, it was the anger, maybe that's probably what it was. When you wear out, it's like God. you might be right. Yeah, it just wore off, and then I was just like raging. Yeah, like, I was raging. I just had to escape. I was like, I gotta get the fuck out of here. That's probably what it was. I think what it was is like I said, it killed that rage for a little bit, and then when it wore off, it came back super hard. Like, so true. you felt it. You felt yeah. it. Like it probably I hit just, you. Like, like, I put, like, all I that, put that part of my brain. I put <laughs> that part of my brain in a jail cell, and it was pissed off. And it came out. He broke out that bitch. Motherfucker! <laughs> why you put me in that like, room, motherfucker? If I hear synergy, one more fucking game. <laughs> you right. put me in that room, motherfucker. <laughs> the Adderall room. goddammit. it. That's what it does. That's what I feel like. That's, that's what, what it does. That's it what my brain did. Your emotions, bro. Yeah, my brain was pissed. Right. And the thing is, I was gonna flip, bro. Yeah, like, that's what I said. It makes you a psycho, bro, man. man. It, it, these these corporate, oh my god, dude. ten hours just sitting there, re, like listening to a bunch of fucking nonsense. You know what I mean? Dudes, pretty much trying to explain why their job still exists and yeah. why they should still be in their job. You're right, and it's like that's a, that's the thing, bro. Like a natural, it, dude. I, I swear to God, like that. Um. That people try to fucking justify their job shit, yo. That is the biggest fucking cause for fucking um, fucking up like good art. I swear, man. Like a uh, corporate dude to like maybe if we uh use this jingle, which happened to work on this episode of Seinfeld, it'll it'll get more plays. And then you just, like a yeah. whole bunch of those dudes trying to pitch what ideas. What happened to Boondocks? Yeah, like what Boondocks happened to the Chappelle trash. show? Like the the reason the Chappelle show like. Stop because he probably was getting all these goddamn corporate suggestions. And it's a good thing it did because yeah, otherwise it would have ruined its legacy. Yeah, now it has like its a, impact and it has it has legacies. Like it's known to be like the best sketch comedy show of all time. Right. What twenty years later, when everybody got a sketch comedy show, who? How many people did Dave Chappelle's show? Mind Dementia, fucking Amy Schumer. Oh, you uh, mean attempted? Key and Peele. Yeah, yeah attempted. all those. That's people. exactly what I was gonna say. Everybody, I was gonna it. say Key and Peele specifically. <laughs> they're, yeah, they're the they're the main ones because they focus on like they they have the the, the black uh, thing, but but there's definitely been others like Mind and Seal. They're was like that. that Wayne Brady comedy. Yeah, yeah, Key and Peele. Yeah, I mean they're a little deeper than Wayne Brady. Deeper, uh, yeah, but still. But like, they're still not still, still not that. They're still like they don't there's really. So, there's have... no social commentary. I can't name Key and Peele episodes. I can, had, I can like, name a couple like real the, like social the hoodie, commentary. Like the hoodie one was funny. The uh, do you remember? Oh yeah, where you put the hoodie on, <laughs> the it was like a thing. white kid <laughs> walking through yeah. a suburban day. That was I mean, early. There is. That was like early. Yeah. Key, uh, that, yeah for yeah, me, Peel yeah, Peel is that dude. Peel like he he's good uh, with the social. The skinny commentary. one? Nah, the bigger one. The one who does the Mike Tyson shit. The one who does the voices. I don't really like the other dude. The light skin one. I like I the think other the, dude. Oh, that's key. Okay, that that's key. Peel is the the director. The guy who's yeah, the dude who did the movie Get okay, Out. Yeah. yeah, I fought with him. As far as, as far skill, as, as far as skill level, yeah, Get, like Peel, um, or no Key, right? Uh, if you ever watch Reno Nine One One, that show is hilarious, bro. Oh you yeah, I love watched? that show. I love that. Yo, show. Yo, he yeah. plays. He was in that show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was re- he was reoccurring. Like he would he would show up every now and then. Right? Yeah, on the show. Who, who did he, he play? played a character who would always get caught? He was uh, like a hypothetical criminal. 
Oh, so I do remember that. Right? <laughs> <laughs> that was before I knew who, uh, who he was. So yeah. hypothetically speaking, <laughs> if, I, uh, if I had uh, somebody tied up in my trunk. <laughs> yeah, I remember uh, How many years would that carry? Like, <laughs> so are you saying you have somebody tied up in your trunk? No, hypothetically <laughs> speaking. Sorry, so if we checked your trunk right now. <laughs> hypothetically yeah. If he was my cousin <laughs> Charles and he owed me money, yeah, Reno that one was slept up for sure. Reno that one was hilarious. Dangle, man. Dangle, that was my guy. Dangle, Dangle yeah. <laughs> with his with his short shorts. <laughs> he called him Dangle. Probably. Yeah, Lieutenant Dangle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that shit was great. But uh, I mean, yeah, I mean they're both talented, but I mean. But it's like, but you're just doing Chappelle's show, so we're always going to hold you to that standard, and it's like, nobody can really get to that standard at this point. I I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even mention them on the side. Like, they're entertaining, for sure. Yeah, but I watch plenty of, like, some of their skits. Yeah, Yeah, they're funny. Um, But, yeah, I would never even compare them. I wouldn't even bring them up in the same. Chappelle's show was his own cultural, like... Moment, you feel me? Dude, like I'm it was about, so impactful, bro. I'm talking about being in. I was in seventh grade when that shit came out, right? Or like around that. Yeah. I'm talking about the next day after that Rick James sketch, bro. Oh I'm man. I'm talking about the bus was going crazy, bro. Oh man. <laughs> the next day after, I'm Rick James, bitch. <laughs> I bet the bus drivers and all the going school, crazy. All the people that, all through school. All the teachers and the adults had no idea what Not, was going except on. for like some of the cool ones. Because I remember being in one period, and then my te- me like our class, which is like I was telling you about this, like when my programming teacher, who one of my favorite teachers ever, we would be in that class. It's like, and he'd be talking about Chappelle's show. But yeah, remember that time he's like the Rick James bitch, and like we'd be talking to the teacher about the Chappelle show. Like that's how big that shit was. It connected like. Young people to, to kind of other... No, like, but he was like younger 27. Adults. Yeah, he yeah, was like but, 26. But younger he was adults. like fresh out of college. So. Right. So, like, yeah, just like that impact. Yeah. Yeah, man. I'm telling you. And then, like, the first sketch... You know what the first Chappelle Joe sketch was, right? Oh, uh, Clayton Bigsby. <laughs> exactly. That's the, that's the most impactful... They came out hard. <laughs> Honest, uh, well, Who okay, does so that? So, with Chappelle show, there were, like, several skits that were just, like, the iconic skits. Yeah. Of course, Clayton Bixby. Clayton Bixby. Number one. Rick James. Rick James. Prince. Prince. Um, a player haters ball. The racial draft. The racial draft. Yeah. Oh, the after. Dude, after so that. so many. But those dude. three were just. Yeah, major. those three were the. Uh, those yeah, were major. Were the best. Were the best. Yeah, but Clayton Bixby, that yeah. was incredible. Yeah, Clayton. I B- was like, what? Dude, it was so fun. It was so the funny. Yeah, the concept. It was a brain the execution. Yeah. <laughs> and then the, the last line. So so uh after so many years of marriage, what made you decide to divorce your wife? Oh you yeah, know, it's simple. He had to it's say simple, it. Charlie. Mm-hmm. She was a nigger love. <laughs> it's like, oh shit. No, no, that's not how it happened. That's not how it happened. <laughs> they forced the guy, that guy that they had on the show. Yeah. Who played the host of that show, right? Uh he was quoting Clayton Bixby. And I think the story, oh, yeah. okay. the story about the skit is that he didn't want to do that monologue, and they forced him to. You have they to. just wanted to hear him you say have... it. Oh, oh, so that was just like for <laughs> at the moment comedy. It wasn't even for the greater it was thing just, of the sketch. Yeah, it, was <laughs> it was just because like, they, they, just they thought it was funny at it. that moment they right. said. Yeah. But it turns out to be just like so important for like the actual sketch. Like that's like. <laughs> a great moment. Rocky's over here laying like he's a person. <laughs> you ever seen a dog like lay on the side of the bed like he's like he's an actual person? 
Right. Yeah, I've never. Yeah, it's, I've never seen a dog just lay like flat on his back. Like that. Yeah. He's like laying down like I am, like I do when I'm just like oh, I don't want to do shit today. <laughs> right. But man, yeah, man, Chappelle show, dude, I was so sad when that. Sh- oh, remember, like even like the last few like episodes that came out. Um, that came out like uh for like the the third season. Yeah. Like those episodes, man. Those were like I. Dude, if he would have kept doing it, man, I, I it would it would been crazy to see. Wasn't the prince the prince story was on that third season, right? Nah, the prince one was on the second season. Um, the third season was the like like the uh, pixies, the racial pixies. Oh man, <laughs> that's what da- that's what caused Dave to quit. Yeah, right. <laughs> Illegal leopard. <laughs> um, it also had um, there was Yo, some other funny the ones. most racist one on there that just like. Became part of like our kind of inside joke or whatever, right? It was hurrah, rah, rah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was hurrah, rah, rah. Hurrah, rah, That one was the funniest. <laughs> Bruh, I had my, my friend Sarah, right? I used to just fuck with her all the time with that, right? <laughs> Every time I see her, <laughs> bro, I love that black people could just be racist, bro. Like, I love that. I wouldn't trade that shit for. I wouldn't trade that for all the fucking companies in the world. Bro. <laughs> you mean to tell me we get to say whatever the fuck you we want? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead and gerrymander my district. You know what yeah. I'm saying? You white devil. Yeah, go ahead and. <laughs> you can't do shit about it. Oh, I am evil. <laughs> Yeah, that is true, man. Yeah, go ahead and redline, <laughs> redline my district and refuse me alone for my house. All right. As long as I can. <laughs> you crack ass. Crack. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, man. There is something to that, man. I, like, in a way, it's like it's weird, right? It's weird to feel bad for white people in the end. They can't be racist. <laughs> because it's so goddamn fun, bro. <laughs> The fucking best jokes, bro. Like, why are That's... black people so racist? Because it's fucking funny. Don't get mad because you can't do it. <laughs> Listen, yeah. They always talk about race, and they're so fucking funny. Y'all love it, too. Y'all just afraid to say it. Dave Chappelle is the best comedian ever. Chris Rock is one of the best comedians ever. <laughs> and y'all love them, too, or else they wouldn't be so... Richard Pryor. That's how <laughs> right. Richard Pryor was getting on. Right. It's tr- man, because it's true. One, is because it's true, and that's what makes the best comedy. Yeah, it's true, at least, that people actually talk this way and talk about this type of stuff and think about it you know this what i mean is the reality of it you know exactly. what I mean? you don't necessarily need to have a dissertation about like you know racial identity and economics and all that every time you can you can discuss you know what i'm saying yeah, just because it's funny <laughs> just kind of like the opinions the shit that people like perceive of other people that might be different you know yeah like that's that's how that's how like keep it real that that happens man that's how non-academic people Think about shit. You know what I mean? Right. We think about shit through humor, through music, through art. You know what I mean? Yeah. Academic people, yeah, y'all do research and do papers and find that. But, we, I mean, we don't have access to all that shit. So. Those academic people do that, do the same thing because they're people too. Yeah, exactly. But, I mean. But they just don't advertise it. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, like, our academics are our best, like, comedians and our best rappers. Yo, you know speaking what I mean? of, yo. <laughs> it's your boy. Yeah, yeah. It's your <laughs> Yo, this dude. All right. So, I used to have a classmate named Randall. And Randall was a highly oblivious person who would say all kinds of things. Uh, innocently, 
that he perceived of the world that were hilarious yet offensive, right? They were offensive. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I was telling Mazin about Randall um, talking about like the you know mileage on women and how he doesn't mind women having a high mileage. <laughs> <laughs> And one of the funniest things that he said to me one time, right, was he was like, "Hey, hey, Ahmed, man. Oh yeah, he was like, he came and sat down. And he was like, he's like, hey, Ahmed, man, you're like, you know, you you're so smooth, man. You're like smooth like water with the ladies, man. How can I, how can I be like you? <laughs> I just, bruh, just la- yo, I laughed so hard. Dude, I was like, I Randall, feel- I I turned my phone recorder on immediately. <laughs> I was like, I was like, what you mean, Randall? You know what I'm saying? I'm not smooth. I'm just, uh, just being myself, right? Yeah. And I don't consider myself smooth. Like you, you smooth too, man, right? He's like, yeah, but you know, uh, some of the ladies in our, uh, our class, uh, you know, uh, specific one, like, she, you know, I'm not getting any uh, reciprocation from her, right? <laughs> and we just kind of get into this rabbit hole of discussing women yeah and randall's perception of women right yeah and he asked me he's like yeah you know i'm i i like uh the type of women i like are kind of like slimmer women i like him petite and all that and i was like, okay that's cool you know everybody's got their own thing right he's like yeah but i know like y- like you for example um you know you like him like him uh, a little you- a little thicker around the thighs <laughs> <laughs> Like, you, you like you a like little, a little plump. A, a little junk in the trunk? Maybe because you're racist. It's neither here nor there. <laughs> it's like, is that, is that, no, but he said it. He posed it as a question. He was like, he was like, he, he was like, like you, you know, is that correct? You know, that, that that's, you know, I what I assume. That's the spirit of what he was saying. Yeah. And then I was like, I was like, yeah, not necessarily, man. I just wanted to hear what he was saying. Yeah. You feel me? Really? You're like, he's hell like, yeah. Dig- <laughs> really? He's like, he's like, but let me, let me, like, help me understand. Like, is it the bigger the butt, the better? Right? <laughs> <laughs> so he legit doesn't understand. He's like, the bigger the butt, the better, right? Like, so, like, just the bigger the butt? I was, <laughs> I didn't know what to, how to respond. And this was, I guess, yeah. his, his, like, perception of, like, a black man like big butts and he didn't say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Captain, whatever his name is, that rapper, rapper Save a Lot. Or <laughs> <laughs> Sir Mix a Lot. Captain Save a Lot. <laughs> Yeah, I'm about to drop an album. Captain Save a Lot. <laughs> Bro. Yo. That's a great rap name, man. Captain Save a Lot. <laughs> don't save up. You don't want to be Captain Save, save a Lot, bro. <laughs> he said, I'll save. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. I got all the coupons. Captain. <laughs> <laughs> that is like a a, a grocery store uh, mascot. Yo, that'd be hilarious. Save a lot. Have a rapper like in in a strip club like throwing coupons. Yeah, <laughs> he's saving he's saving all these uh these women from the life that they lead. You know, what I mean? he's got to save a lot. But that but that was his that was his way of like understanding, I guess, right? And he was yeah. like asking, and he was just like, you know, people have stereotypes of people because they just were working with very little information. Yeah. So they got a two-dimensional view of like what's out there about these people that I've never engaged before, right? Really, it's more nuanced than that. Yeah, exactly. So like 
he was honestly just asking the question. You know, there's no Which is, sense in like demonizing someone oh, who just doesn't. Obviously know. not, man. Like obviously not, man. I appreciate those type of questions, man. I appreciate the at least the um the question, the the pursuit, yeah, the pursuit of, of understanding. Knowledge, yeah. You know, knowing that you don't know. Right. But this is the thing about Randall. We used to think that this guy was like an idiot savant. Yeah. He was we or no, some people I th- I think he's an idiot savant. But um <laughs> I wouldn't say, I wouldn't, idiot, say but, I, I wouldn't yeah. say idiot savant. I would say like a savant. It's probably autism. Like it probably is on a some spectrum. people think he's autistic. Yeah, yeah I had so, an argument with someone uh, who thought that he had Asperger's. Probably does. It sounds like it. Uh, but this is the thing, though. I think to a certain extent he might be smarter because there are certain points. Because I what you lack like in of, one one thing, you have to have it in somewhere else. It's like there's always a balance, right? So if you lack emotional intelligence, you're probably really smart, smart IQ intelligence. Do you remember the the Ricky Gervais show? Yeah. And Carl Pilkington. Yeah. Who would tell? They would interview this guy, and he's again this similar kind of guy, where he doesn't. He's a bit oblivious of what's going on and with the hilarity. Yeah, of what he's explaining in yeah. the stories. Yeah, that's yeah. But there's a thing with Carl Pilkington where there's a slight yeah, bit of intelligence like, that he knows right. what he's telling you. And and it's dude, funny. it'd be it'd be fucking it'd be like, he'd be saying some off the wall shit and it'd be hilarious. But like, yo, it kind of kind of got a point. <laughs> right. It'd be like some dumb shit. But right? it's At almost like it's surface. like somebody who's playing dumb. Yeah. Because he's smarter than you, and it's funny to him that yeah. you think that he's dumb. Right. Right? Yeah. So probably. because I was probably... Yeah, you're I, right. I indulged I indulged Randall much more than other people did, right? Right, right. <laughs> Especially in that program. Um, Randall would every now and then show me that side of his intelligence where he would be like... Uh, he started talking to me about like Coming to America is like his favorite movie, right? Yeah. And he used to... He, he would just like randomly out of nowhere, he'd be like, I'm in, right? I'm like, what's up? He'd be like, um, he'd be like, Rocky Marciano, Rocky Marciano. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I bring up Ali, white man got to bring up Rocky Marciano. <laughs> I was really like, funny. man, Randall, you over here fronting, man. People yeah. think that you're autistic. You're just you're over not, here. You're, you're, really, just, yeah, you're really a black you're dude in a white boy. <laughs> yeah. You're just playing no, games. Yeah, dude, yeah, probably. Like, yeah, because that's like a joke. Like, Yeah, like to be able to, yeah, he's like, all right, bro. Yeah. All right, bro. You, you got me. Yeah, Captain Save a lot. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he's such a yo. I think he's a joker, man. He showed up to our our group basketball game. Yeah. Oh, did he wear the Jordan bro, gear? <laughs> he did that. Yo, he, he, he came. Check that. it out, yo. He came. He's a heavy set guy. He's a heavy set, you know, softish, peach colored white man, right? <laughs> <laughs> with rosy cheeks, right? Yeah. He came through with the. With the sweatband, the huge sweatband across <laughs> his head, right? He came in with the cutoff, wor- like Duh, weightlifting gloves. Wear weight gloves. He wore weightlifting ball, gloves, okay? Not even just that, right? Uh, you know when you do inline skating? Yeah. He put on the elbow and knee pads to come hoop with us. <laughs> no, nah, bro. Get out of here. Yo, Stop I swear. I, I swear, don't believe dude, it. I swear. <laughs> All right, either this guy is the funniest. I right, now I get that would get your fascination because this this guy might like, might yo, just be joking? the funniest man on earth, bro. <laughs> Pro, like he might just be too funny for he where he's be. at. He might he be might a comedian be. at heart. He might be. He might be. I bro. have a th- that's the thing. I have a theory about him that he's just like 
much more than what people a, think. People think course. he's autistic. I want him on like the podcast. Asperger's. Now. Yeah, I'll try and work that out. Yeah, I'll try and bring get, him through. Him That's a, actually a good him, idea. Yeah, get him. Yeah, get him for, up for here, sure. Because like this dude might might be a comedian. Genius. I might do a trip just to just to <laughs> talk to this guy. But the funny thing about him is that he knows a lot of celebrities for some reason. Because he's a fucking comedic genius. Yeah. <laughs> he's got photos with like Robin Williams. Where? Yeah. See, he's comedy. Dude, he's, he's, he's got a, photos with. Dude, uh, he's an undercover comedian in the academic world. That's what he is. He's got, he, he's got <laughs> photos with like William Shatner um, and some, some senator from like Brooklyn. You know who I'm talking about? Dude got like the. Got like the slick back hair. He probably got Brooklyn. some like uh he's probably like rich. Or yeah, he for sure is, I think so, you know. Yeah, he's probably but got... I also do know that his mother is quite protective of him. Oh, right? yeah, true. And I remember they were doing the, you know, the other students decided to go do like a camping or not camping, but like like a trip to western North Carolina. Mm. To for uh to spend like a weekend at like a lodge or something right cabin trip or whatever right I wasn't feeling it like I'm not about to be stuck yeah in this nah fucking musty ass ca- cabin with a bunch of yakubs like fucking yeah you know you can't you, know you mean? can't I go to sleep really... around yakubs yeah <laughs> <laughs> like, with a dick on your head like, I don't, a real I, dick on your I don't head. do weekend lodge trips in the middle of nowhere <laughs> for sure not like, carried up my ass so he was planning on going. Right? Yeah. And I think what happened was his mom found out somehow. And she called and she told him. And he was just so, he was pissed. He was livid. He couldn't even talk. Yeah, how could you not be? Yeah. I mean, at this point, how old is he? He's an adult. He's my age. So he was getting his master's degree. Right? And his mom is saying, oh, I did not sign that permission slip. (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck, mom? (laughs) She told him that the women that he was, the the girls in our program were all whores. Oh, yeah. That's (laughs) that's that's what what moms do, man. That's what moms do. (laughs) That's what moms do. I don't want you spending a weekend out there with those whores. I think it was like, um, she's probably protective because he probably, that that level, maybe his his kind of um, lack of awareness. See no, but I think the, the lack concern. of aware the lack of awareness. I don't know if it came before. I don't. Or after. I think it came after. Yeah, now, maybe. now that you're saying it because I, if if it was if he was really autistic, he wouldn't be able to make those Rocky Marciano jokes. You know what I mean? Yeah. He wouldn't understand like even or maybe I don't know, but maybe my understanding of autism. Maybe but he, I don't he think got so. exposed to it somehow. No, I'm thinking that because honestly, hell? being sheltered makes you unfunny, bro. It does. Being sheltered makes you unfunny. Uh, why do you think comedians are so fucked up, man? <laughs> Being like no no like sheltered, everything you know is good going good for you makes a good comedian hardly ever. I mean, sure it's just sometimes, but I don't. So Having I think, uncommon experiences is kind of what gives you that. Yeah, part, part exactly. Part that, that's what makes you personable. That's what yeah. makes you able to deal with people, right? Right. So when you're sheltered and you don't really understand other people's experiences and, and how you know other people might, you know, move or whatever. It's hard to be funny and relate to people, I guess. Right. Because, you know, like, you, we all know those dudes. Like, we usually characterize it as the white guy, but it's like the square, you know what I mean, who can't, like, let loose and can't say shit offensive and all that shit. Like, people, right. you know what I mean? Yeah. And and there's a lot of those. It's a lot of those unfunny motherfuckers, man. Plenty. Like, the nation has spoken up. We're sick of this offensive. It's like, who the fuck is the nation? You can't, like, 
those people always get on my nerves. The people that speak for everybody. Oh, like, get the fuck out of here. Like, whenever people say, oh, like, we're tired of seeing this offensive shit. Like, no, nah, I like that shit. Then stop. <laughs> stop speaking. <laughs> that shit's funny, bro. Stop. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I like, yeah, like, I like, I like offensive humor, man. I or do what, too, man. I like I, what what people see call offensive to me is an offensive. I've never, I've never like been offended by what is so never, supposedly bro. offensive humor. The, I never, bro, never been offended by like even I, an attempt. Not by humor. Even an I've attempt. never been attempted by humor. Even an attempt, even if it's not funny. Yeah, it's like yeah, I was unfunny. Like it being you know an, an attempt to try and be funny. Or whatever. Right. I'm not offended by it. I could be like, oh, that was whack. Right, yeah, yeah. Oh, that was whack. Bad joke. That was a whack-ass joke. That's yeah. the same as like a fucking, my reaction to a bad, offensive, so supposedly offensive joke is the same reaction that I have to a bad dad joke. Oh, yeah. Those, Plenty but, of bad dad jokes. But dad jokes have kind of come full circle. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah. Dad jokes have kind of gotten funny, bro. There's nothing funnier than As like... Be- it's the, the worse it is, the funnier it is. Yeah, yeah. It does. Yeah, like, just by its badness. There's, there's nothing better than a good yeah, old yeah, dad right. joke. <laughs> or, or one of those, not even a dad joke, but you know, one of them cheesy... Dad jokes. Hack, <laughs> hack jokes or whatever, right? Yeah. In the end, it's just like, I don't care about that shit. As long as I know that the attempt is to actually make someone laugh... Rather than to say something offensive, right. with the dis- with guy with the guise of like oh I was just trying to be funny, right? When that wasn't ri- that you know yeah. that's not you know that that's not what they were trying to do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know that I mean? does happen. Um, that does happen. So it's, it's I an do excuse get for people just to say fucked, fuck, up, fucked shit. up shit. Hey, if you're gonna say fucked up shit, have the balls to say it. Right. Well, yeah. don't, don't try Which to hide I, I support, behind. I support your right to say fuck yeah. that shit. Yeah, just, just, you know what I'm saying? Just own it. Yeah, exactly. Don't, but that's what I'm saying. Like, people... Um, don't make it bad for people trying to be funny. Yeah. Because now it's going to be harder to be funny and say what you want because your fucking ass wants to say, oh, I was just trying to be funny. No, I mean, you're just trying to be an asshole. Just, you know what I'm saying? Just be an asshole and, and, and accept it. You might actually be funny if you actually accepted it. Right. If you actually accepted being the asshole, you might actually say something uh, that is possibly profound or make a good point. Right. Instead of just being a pussy about it. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, that's the, like that, again, that's like that. That's the conversation, right? The um, the like censoring, trying to people trying to censor jokes, being offended by jokes. All right. So the first thing uh-huh. is if you say something at a comedy club. No, fuck that. Like everybody, you're trying to be funny. There's no way you can tell a comedian who says something at a comedy club, like that. That's a statement. It, the context of it is established because, like, you're right. There are people who might say some offensive shit and say they were trying to be funny. But like, for instance, like the Louis C.K. Parkland shit, whatever. Yeah, he was obviously trying to be funny. All right, so come on, chill. But at the same time. Is Alex Jones trying to be funny when he says, you know, like the, uh, what's that, Newton or whatever, Newtown or something? Oh, the 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 massacre. Right. So when when you're trying to say that shit doesn't happen, that's a little different because it's not really trying to be funny. He's trying to present it as facts. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. So I get it. Like I get that there's some, but all right. So but well, within Alex Jones, like he's actually, I, I think he's explicit about the fact that he is. He believes in what he's saying. Yeah, at least he says that. Right. 
So whereas whereas like somebody that says so I some get fucked the up backlash. shit, and, and it actually affects people. Like you know right. what I mean? People right. that have gone through some, like probably the worst thing that can you can go through, right? Yeah. And it's like right. we do want to protect those people, right? So I get that, but like let's let's kind of let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater. You know what I mean? Is is the thing, right? Um, yeah, I mean that is if Alex Jones is actually getting arrested and no. thrown into. Oh jail no, no, I'm not, I'm not even talking about Alex Jones. I'm just saying like don't like lump in like the. Oh, Louis the C. other K's stuff. Yeah, I think I think that's an opportunity. That's right. that's the fucked up thing about somebody like, you know, or or somebody who would who would do certain things like Alex Jones or people who like capitalize on fuck on just fucked up situations. Yeah, is that they make it bad for the people who are, you know, just trying to give their opinion, honest opinion. Right. Rather than capitalizing, capitalizing on, yeah. on a fucked up situation, and right. they're fucking it up for those people, right. the same way that an an asshole who just wants to say some asshole shit, yeah, just instead of being you know uh, standing on their principles, hides behind this thing of oh I'm a comedian and I was just tr- and I was trying to be funny, yeah, and then that makes it bad for a comedian that is actually trying to be funny. Right. Somebody that's actually exactly. truly trying to be funny and trying to make a point. Yeah, and honestly, and we and yeah, and like, and it gives the opportunity for the people who want to control the narrative, like that lady, you know, the infamous Patrice O'Neill, Fox News segment where he puts <laughs> the lady in her place that was talking about. Oh yeah, Don so, Imus, so good, and how the nation is tired of Don Imus and all of that. Oh no, that one was the Opie and Anthony one. That was uh, oh, it was Opie and Anthony. Yeah, yes. they had like some bit about and uh, yeah, their radio station. I guess shit. fired them for they, that. They got fired. They got fired for it. And so that's what they were talking about. But I mean, he said it exactly. It's like 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 he's like, man. For one, she's mm-hmm. like the nation. Like her point, like yeah. the nation is tired of all these. And he's and so what someone he said like that was, is looking nation? for that sort right. of opportunity. A, a person like her, right? Yeah. Someone who's totally not funny. Opportunist. Yeah. Someone who is, like. devoid anybody i always find that people that are devoid of like talent yeah will try to control those who have talent yeah right so right her she can't go out there and be funny to her the next best thing is to you know what i mean be the fucking moral uh arbiter of the nation arbiter (laughs) of of what is what can be said that's right so you'll get the fuck out of here right and it's like setting her up to to fucking just go out and Fuck it up for people who ch- were honestly trying to be funny in like Opie and Anthony, right? Yeah, because the good jokes and bad jokes come from the same place, right? Which is a great point that Patrice made. Yeah, they do. They, they come do. from the same intent because right. the intent to matters. To be funny, yeah, right. That's that's exactly my point. Is that the intent matters, and it it's sometimes not funny. A lot yeah. of times, it's not funny. Like, yeah, dude, comedians every, bomb all, all the, the time. time. Yeah, you people, have to people bomb, people and, bomb. And, like even like that's what I'm saying. Like you have to risk that to be funny. Like it's like. You you can you, in order to have a good joke, you have to say something that's kind of different, right? Like it has to be like, oh, a thought that not been looked at this way, right? And so there's a chance that you know it's not funny because we don't know what people's reactions with because we never like really, you know. So it's like so that can can it like can either either be not funny or it can be super funny, but it's like there's that it still has to come from that place of exploring yeah. ideas and in a different angle or a different way. So I don't. I mean, yeah. 